You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Pure Minds by Way of Reminder is the title of this devotion, which is a statement that Peter gives here in 2 Peter chapter 3. So let me read to you for a moment here, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. I stir up. Stir up that shows you have to awaken. You have to bring it to clarity, attention, focus, you know, to be able to have the, the purity. And, and I know that sometimes we can struggle with this. I know I've had my struggles at times in the past to believe that I could have a pure mind. When the enemy kept on harassing me because my faith had not grown to resist his evil eyes and distractions, and my mind wasn't disciplined and my spirit hadn't matured. You know, it says in the Gospel of John chapter two, young men fight with the devil, but grow strong through the word and overcome him. In other words, the enemy he will contend with you if you do not know the scriptures. And you could be confused if you, you know, give your heart and mind to everything else but the scripture. But if you meditate on the scriptures, kind of like Jesus in Luke chapter 4, where Satan said, well, if you're the son of God, why don't you? And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus was able to negate those deceptive thoughts through the Word. And it's so important that we have the Word. And I struggled with, with, with this belief, like Jesus said in Matthew 5, blessed are the pure in heart, for they could see God. And I struggled, Lord, when can I ever have a pure heart? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm having to ask you to forgive me how many times a day because I have thoughts that aren't pure. I have attitudes and behaviors that aren't pure. And Lord, please. But my faith by the spirit of the word and by the love of our Savior who gives faith has grown and grown to withstand these arguments of the enemy and to be able to believe. And now my mind is stirred up continuously by the word to be pure. He says, I write to you this second epistle, both of which I stir up your minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and uh, of our Lord and Savior. You see how important that is? the Word, allowing us to be stirred up. You see, stirring up, how do you stay stirred up? Because this is what many times, uh, you know, my son Joshua, who's an absolute amazing, wonderful man of God, and my other son Zach and our daughter Mariah, they're such gracious, wonderfully anointed people, and our daughter-in-laws and my son-in-law, of course. but. Josh, many years ago, he said to me, 
after a Sunday morning service, he said, oh, Dad, oh my goodness, like grasping for air, I came to church today and the Word just so lifted me up. My goodness, Dad, I'm so grateful. And he was stirred up into that purity of mind where you perceive, recognize, and acknowledge God and His goodness to you and His grace upholding you, strengthening you, being sufficient for you. And how can I stay stirred up? How can I maintain a pure mind? I'm not just talking about the mentality of the mind and the mental mind, but the spirit of your mind that the Apostle Paul talks about in Ephesians. He said that you may be renewed in the spirit of your mind, he says there in Ephesians. That the mentality, that mindset that you have, that's maybe a good word, is spiritually alive, stirred up. How can I stay stirred up? I believe it's what you meditate on, what you allow yourself to be busy with. That is absolutely important. Read with me for a moment here, Psalm 1, the first three verses, okay? Oh, excuse me. It's right here, Psalm 1. Blessed is the man, and I can of course say the woman, who walks not in the counsel, influence of thoughts of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You could see the, the pattern. You walk and you hear somebody's influential ideas and thoughts. You stop, you stand, right? And then you sit down to meditate on. And he says, blessed are those who don't walk, stand or sit under the influence of ungodliness. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates. The word meditate is the word Hagah, or H-A-G-A-H. -H. So I know I'm not pronouncing that probably right, but, but you get it. It means to reflect, to moan, to mutter, to ponder, to make a quiet sound such as singing to meditate or contemplate something as one repeats the words. Hagag represents something quite unlike the English thought of what meditation means, which may be a mental exercise only. But in the Hebrew thought, to meditate upon the scripture is to quietly repeat them in a soft droning sound while utterly abandoning outside distractions. For this tradition comes the special type of Jewish prayer called divining. That is, uh, reciting text, praying intense prayers, or getting lost in communion, communion with God while bowing or rocking back and forth. Uh, evidently, this dynamic form of meditation prayer goes back to David's time. So, oh, blessed, 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 blessed Father. Oh, Father, I feel the blessing of meditating on your law. Your word is life to me. Your word is healing to all my flesh. 
Oh, you sent your word and healed them. Oh, those that open the scripture, light comes. Oh, Father, you see, these are just scriptures. And I, oh, if I get started here, I won't stop. Because I then feel Oh, I feel the Spirit rising up in me, the witness of the Word, the witness of the living Word in my heart begins to rise up, stir up the pure mind. Do you see what I'm saying? Stir up the pure mind. Stir up the pure mind, the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Come on, believe it. Philippians 2 verse 5, For you have the mind of Christ, or let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. It says there in Philippians 2 verse 5. That is the mind of Christ. It's the Word living in your heart and mind. And Peter says, I stir up your pure mind by reminding you of the Word, by bringing the Word back to your focus and attention, for causing you to meditate, think on it, be busy with it. Oh my goodness, how do we need this? Don't we? How we need this. And especially, listen closely, when you go through times of great trial or temptation. My goodness, if I wouldn't have had the Word to to light up my path and to be a lamp to my feet, I would have lost my way. I would have lost my way, truly. I mean, the devil pushed Virginia and I In April, we will be celebrating our 39th wedding anniversary, April 13th. We would have lost our way and we wouldn't be together today. But my goodness, we're more in love than ever. Oh, how I love that, that precious soul and how beautiful she is in the Lord and how sweet we commune together in the Lord and talk about the things of God and share friendship and enjoy our children and grandchildren and serving in the church and serving uh, the gospel to the world. I mean, it's, it's delightful. Um, we, we were just having some time with her mom and, and her husband, Cam, and, and we were sitting around the lunch table together and the Spirit of the Lord came upon us as we started to remember the things God had said, remember what God had spoken. And as I mentioned something God had said, then, then Virginia, and, then, and before you know it, all four of us are weeping. Why? Because our pure minds were stirred up by remembering the light, life-giving, healing, cleansing flood of the Word of God. And Jeremiah, who's also known as the weeping prophet, and and his service, his active service, as was known, was over 55 years. I believe it was longer than that, but that that is the recorded timing of his service. And, And he was known the weeping prophet. Why? Because he lived in such incredible challenging times. And yet he says, this I recall to my mind and therefore, I have hope. This is what I remember, and that's why I'm full of hope. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. You know, great is Thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Oh, what a beautiful song. I plead with you this day. Let your minds Let your pure minds be stirred up. Remember, remember. You know, when I was at a certain place, 
with the devil's attack some years ago against our marriage. And it wasn't that we in the natural were having unkindness. No, it was just demonic. Do you know what happened? It came up from within my heart, what God had said, what God had said. You see, before I was a pastor in the Netherlands, I was a young pastor, 20 years of age, of quite a, a, a sizable congregation that my father had built over nine years and, and he, he, he had me become the pastor there. And I was a single young man. And one, oh, it was either a Tuesday night or a Friday night when we had prayer evenings. It just came to my heart as clear as daylight. It's time to get married. And when that thought came to my heart, I prayed. And maybe I was a bit older by then. I mean, I started pastor when I was 20. So by then I was is about 20, 20, almost 22. I was almost 22 by that time. And, and this thought came to me so strong from the Lord. It's time to get married. And instantly this prayer came to my spirit when that thought came from the Holy Ghost. It's time to get married. Father, I ask you for only one thing. A woman after your own heart who will do all your will, which is Acts chapter 13, verse 22. David, a man after my own heart will do my will. I said, that's all I ask. I said, if she can not be not too tall and have black hair, that'd be nice, but I trust you. You know what's good for me. <laughs> and the first time I met Virginia, who's not too tall and has black hair, and that's not how I recognized her, that's a long story. I asked her this simple question. First thing that I said when I met her, what do you believe God has called you to in your life? What was the word that came out of her mouth? To do God's perfect will. It's always been what rooted us together. We're living first and foremost to do the will of our Heavenly Father. Jesus came into this earth, he says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. He says, I, when he came into the world, he says, offerings and sacrifices for sins you have not required, but the body you have prepared for me. And as it is written in the scroll of the book, I have come to do your will, O God. And by the doing of that will and the offering of himself to God, he sets us apart unto him. Oh, how beautiful that is. Hebrews 10, verse 5 through 10. That is fundamentally what should guide our choices in life. But our minds can sometimes get so muddled that we don't know anymore. I don't know. I don't want that. I'm not. I, 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 no, it's not I will but thine will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus taught us to pray. And that is fundamentally how the purity of the mind begins to unveil itself in us, that we not only know the will of our Father, but do the will. Jesus said, it's not he who hears, but he who does the will of our Father, that is a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And doing the will of God can sometimes, without question, demand great self-sacrifice like it did for Jesus. But in that self-sacrifice, you will find that your Heavenly Father will shower you with graces and blessings and mercies and goodness 
more than you could have dared ask, hope, or pray and work the impossible for your life. Oh, how good it is when your heart is set upon doing the Heavenly Father's perfect will and that your mind is so purified that despite the circumstances, like Abraham and Sarah had such painful trials in that Sarah was barren and they were getting older and older and older, and that was not possible, naturally speaking, for them to have a child, and yet they believed and gave praise to God that what He had promised He was able to perform, and it was accounted as righteousness to them because they lived to see the will of God come to pass on earth as He had spoken it from heaven. And so they saw God do the impossible. And I believe, let your minds be so purified today through faith. Oh, I love to see this spirit of faith in people that keeps their minds pure, that keeps them stirred because they meditate on His promises and word that opens up to you the realm of the impossible. And all of a sudden you begin to say, oh, glory to God, I'm there, it's done. The victory is won, I'm through. Praise God, He's faithful and true. Amen, have a good day.